Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Happy Monday to you, kids. Uh, glad you could stop by and pay us a visit, whether uh, you're listening to the live stream or a little later on in the podcast. Uh, couldn't be happier that you are here. Uh, we are broadcasting live from Treaty 7 Territory uh, in the heart of Marta Loop. We are also an inclusive program. Everybody's welcome here. Um, we uh, do tend to elicit different emotions, uh, and I would imagine we are going to elicit some today. Uh, we've got a, actually a fairly jam-packed program, and I'm kind of excited about it. Um, we won one. We won one. That's all I'm going to say. We've got a guest coming up a little later on. We won one. Um, and also, uh, we're going to have a guest on. Uh, we're going to talk about one Calgary area team, which is now going to a championship yet again. Uh, the Western Canadian Baseball League uh, final kicks off. All Alberta matchup. Uh, the Okotoks Dogs knocking off Sylvan Lake over the weekend are going to host uh, Medicine Hat. So we're going to talk about that and also a fairly significant announcement, an overdue announcement, maybe not overdue, but a well-deserved announcement. So lots of teasing. Um, full disclosure, uh, connections on this show, obviously community advisor for the Calgary Surge, which we'll talk about. Uh, this program runs on the Nation Network, which we will talk about. Um, outside of that, I'm not sure there's a whole lot else other than I am grumpy today. I'm grumpy. Uh, Jack knows this. He just spent the last hour with me. I'm grumpy, but that's okay. Um, that's, that's why we do shows like this. So we don't have to be grumpy anymore. Um, yesterday in Langley, the inaugural season of the Calgary elite or the Calgary, the Canadian elite basketball league, uh, ended with the Calgary surge falling to the Scarborough shooting stars by an 82-70 score. Congratulations to Scarborough, who were last year's runner-up. So I, I hope that the Calgary Surge take inspiration on that. Uh, Calgary with a really cool, scrappy, fun win against Vancouver on Friday night. Um, a lot of people wondering what the hell went on there. It was a lot of fun. That The target time was a lot of fun. Calgary advancing to the final. Led after the first quarter, Second quarter, uh, Scarborough made some defensive adjustments, and they were off. Uh, this game turned, though. I think you can make a reasonable case that this game turned in the fourth quarter. Calgary getting within five and missing a two-handed jam inside, which would have cut the lead to three. 
And then Scarborough rattled off 12 straight points and, and really never looked back. Um, a tip of the hat to uh, Nelson and his staff, the basketball staff, Shane, the general manager. Uh, they brought this team together. Some of it had some familiarity in the past, but most of it was brand new. Um, won the West, got to the final. This is the challenge of one-off, one-game series. Um, and I have a long history of bemoaning these. Uh, I, I've always felt it's a little disingenuous to ask hockey teams to play best-of-seven series to win their league and then go to a national championship and play in a tournament. I understand fully why you do it. I get it. Costs and, you know, the uh, just the you know, the ask of the player to continue to playing best of seven series, but best of seven series or multiple game series um, and then tournaments. Uh, Calgary did what they had to do. Couldn't win in the last game. That's sports. That's sports. Uh, congratulations to the players. Um, I hope that this has been the experience that they were looking for. Uh, certainly in, in certain cases, new contracts, new exposure, new opportunities have come forth on this. Um, Mostly, I'm excited about the way Calgary embraced this team. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to be at home games. It was a lot of fun to talk to the fans. Um, I know everything changes. I know nothing is static. Who knows what's going to happen between now and next year. But I can honestly say that in my time working in sports, this team's fan base was probably the one I enjoyed the most. Um, they just had a lot of fun. They, they didn't seem too concerned about much other than having fun and enjoying good basketball, and they got that. Um, we're very lucky in this city because we have all kinds of options, and I hope that continues. Uh, but congratulations to the fans, to the staff. Kudos. Uh, you started it from scratch in October. You built it up, got to a championship game. Uh, we, we have some amazing young um, people that are going to be heard from in sports. Um, I look at a Dylan Howe, who was our who really ran kind of the basketball side of things in the office. Uh, Brittany Easton, who who ran the business side of the things, uh, just fantastic people. Um, really thought that throughout, and and the problem with naming names is you're going to forget somebody, and then that 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 inevitably alienates people. I'll just say this: um, there are some really good kids that worked in this program this year. There's some really good volunteers that helped with this program this year. And I hope that they continue to get the recognition and grow to Usman and Jason, the owners. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you personally for the opportunity. It's been just amazing to, to kind of work in the basketball community and build out some programs of which we continue to do that work will not stop. Um, I like the vision. Didn't, quite get the vision at the beginning i wanted let's build a circus let's do the savannah bananas of basketball that's how my mind was orientated that's not how they choose to go chose to go really became the intersection of sports art culture um really enjoyed it learned a lot um continue to be pushed by it so uh from that standpoint um i'll, I'll take the high road um i have nothing actually there's nothing on the low road i, I have nothing I'm not complaining about anything. You, you, you play a game, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. Uh, my hope is that the Surge get the same kind of inspiration and bump that, that Scarborough seemed to get from being there last year um, and close the gap. And to me, and I, I shared it with the, the ownership, I, I let this be 
the standard to which this team goes forward. We're going to talk to the Okotoks Dogs and their general manager, uh, Tyler Hollick, in a little while. That's the standard that William Gardner and others out in Okotoks have set. The Dogs are expected to be a champion every year. They're expected to be a class in the league. That's what I hope that becomes with the surge, that the expectation is they become uh, the, the class of the, the CEBL in the way they do business. Still work to be done. It's one year. It's not perfect by any stretch. There were mistakes made. I know I made mistakes, uh, and we will get better. But just a lot of fun. All I can say is it was a lot of fun and, and really exciting to be part of it. There's some cool legacy pieces. We had uh, the volunteer show a couple of Fridays ago, which was huge for us. Um, but one of the the partners in there was the Calgary Basketball Officials Association, and they've been a partner with the Calgary Surge. And that was to try and, and get more officials and more people into basketball. And that recruiting seems to have worked. So lots of really positive legacies after game one. Uh, let's talk a little bit of wrestling. Um, Jack, I think, um, it's safe to say that, that this wrestling is quickly becoming the bane of your existence. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I just, I feel for you, fella. I feel for you. You put out a highlight today from the show we did on Friday. Yeah. And we just said, Hey, Friday show, the bloodline. Is this the biggest non Bret Hart related story we've ever seen in, in Calgary and all hell broke loose on Twitter. So I apologize for that. Um, and for those who are asking, yes, we do put out those clips. So you will listen to the whole show. That's, that's the idea. Um, no, I don't think that the failed WCW invasion angle, which started here in Calgary was, is bigger than the bloodline, but, uh, we will agree to disagree. I will say this. Um, we clearly found, uh, Calgary, arguably Canada's biggest fans, of wrestling, the WWE product. He hosts a show here on this very nation. Uh, there he is. You can see him. There's Boomer uh, alongside of his son. Um, if you watch SmackDown, if you watch the broadcast, they were in the opening. And Boomer's in, Van in Winnipeg right now getting set for Monday Night Raw. So he and his son are in. So they've traveled. So he's, you know, that's how important this is to him. But don't let Boomer buffalo you into thinking, oh, my God, my son dragged me into this. Oh, my God, it was all my son. If you watch the opening of Friday Night SmackDown, as they pan the crowd, they come to Boomer and his son, and Boomer directly makes eye contact with the camera, could see the red light on, knew which camera he was playing to, and then began to really go hard after it. And I counted at least six... Um, opportunities uh to see boomer uh, in that broadcast it was hard to miss as he's wearing the la night yellow uh, shirt um kudos to the gentleman friend of the program who wore the barn burner t-shirt in the front row because he got excellent excellent um uh face time and screen time uh, there are companies that actually uh, value that they, they give you a valuation of how much your logo is on certain programs. I would say that the uh, good folks at flames nation and the nation network got thousands of dollars out of this guy just by having their brand, uh, right. Smackdown. Um, we, uh, so, okay. So a couple things, uh, we teased Brent and I teased, uh, the CDC uniform for uh, Friday. Amy made them. Uh, they were a big hit. 
Um, so we'll go in order here. So Jack, go with the uh, one with the jerseys too, the two guys with the jerseys as well. So our friends. So we had lots of friends there, but there we are. Um, we had the the uh, the faces on the on the shirts and the pants, and and then on the back we had uh, best friends. Now, this did lead to some controversy on Twitter and a little bit of controversy at the event because if you go to the next picture, this was really inspired by AEW. So the best friends from AEW. So there were certain people that were offended by this and certain people taken aback uh, that somehow we did not have the audacity to know that we were ripping off an AEW product at a WWE show. So um, what did I learn? Well, I'm glad you asked. I learned uh, that internet uh, wrestling community is what internet wrestling community is advertised. Very little ha-ha. Uh, a lot of self-seriousness and gosh darn it. They just don't like to have fun, but we had fun. We had a ton of fun. So uh, thanks to everybody who stopped by and shook our hands and took a picture and said, hello. Uh, it was a good show, um, different product. The AEW show that we went to a month ago and Brent and I talked about this. That was like five hours of straight wrestling. The WWE show is a television show. I mean, it was a TV tape. Both of them were TV tapings, but this one was a TV show. When it went to commercial, everything stopped. When it came back, everything started again. Um, they did contest, uh, not contesting, but they ran cameras and stuff, uh, uh, DX cams and Hulk cams and stuff like that uh, during commercial breaks and things like that. It, it felt more like a professional sports event than a wrestling event to me. It's not a criticism. It's just an observation of the two. Um, you know, the, the uh, which did I like better? I don't know. I, I guess probably the AEW, but uh, I feel like more people are going to talk about what the WWE did. And there was a bigger crowd at that. Um, but the last month has been a lot of fun. It does make me excited for when Dungeon Wrestling runs another local show. I do want to get out there. I do want to support our local wrestlers and our young wrestlers. Uh, we did see one of the gentlemen, uh, Sean Moore, who is his you know, worked at the dome before as part of the Bret Hart games and, uh, has worked on dungeon wrestling. He was a medical attendant, um, in the Santos Escobar Rey Mysterio segments. So there was a little bit of uh, local flavor to it. And of course, Natalia, uh, finished the show. It was not on television. So my dream of her winning the title and then giving it back was, was crushed early, but, uh, Rey Mysterio, uh, won the, uh, United States title, which was rather, rather cool. Um, so there you go. Just wanted to touch base on that. Um, just a reminder that we are broadcasting live from the Oodle Noodle Studio. We bring the heat. Try the butter chicken, mac cheese, Kung Pao noodles, Bangkok pad thai, vegetarian and gluten uh, friendly options. Two uh, locations in Calgary and area for pickup and delivery. 1244 17th, uh, 17th Avenue Southwest and 105 Main Street North in Airdrie. Uh, coming up. In a little while, we will talk to uh, Jason Greger up in Edmonton uh, from Oilers Nation and the Nation Network about a huge win up there today. And I, I would say, at least from a business standpoint and an industry standpoint, something that's you know very important. And we, we got to win. Let's just put it that way. We got to win. Uh, and in a little while, we're going to talk to Tyler Hollick, who's the general manager of the Okotoks Dogs, who I believe are opening up their uh, Western Canadian Baseball League championship tomorrow at Siemens Stadium. We also have a uh, significant announcement that we're going to make 
uh, with him on the line that they're kind enough to allow us to break today. So some breaking news. Last week, we heard from uh, Oliver Shillington of the Calgary Flames. He spoke to a, a Swedish uh, broadcast outlet, and uh, it got shared on social media, got interpreted on show, social media. He was very frank, very open about the mental health struggles that, that, he, uh, that he underwent and the, the steps that he took to battle it and his hopes and dreams for coming back to the Flames this year. And I know that everybody out there has a lot of support for, for Oliver. Um, recently, uh, we've, some have been impacted by um, some really tragic news in Calgary involving people who are struggling with mental health. Uh, we're seeing it a lot. Uh, we are seeing it in everyday life. We're seeing it in sports. We're seeing it in business. We're seeing it um, certainly in an increasing houseless population. Um, it has become a, a big, big time issue. Um, I know in November when I first appeared on uh, Barn Burner, uh, Boomer asked me about it and I talked about it. And, and I have since written about it and I speak about it every once in a while when I'm asked. I haven't said a lot about it day in, day out. Um, I, just my choice. Um, but this is a significant moment for me. Um, August is when I suffered my breakdown last year. August is when um, I just, the anxiety and all of the pressure got to me. And I literally got into my truck and I broke down. And uh, I don't take pride in it, but I don't hide from it. Um, I needed help to that point. I refused help. Um, but I had friends and family that just wouldn't give up. And if it wasn't for Mark Stiles, a dear friend of mine, uh, worked together, uh, up in Fort McMurray, we worked together at CSEC and, and we continue to talk all the time. I don't know if I'd be here today, not, not the self-harm be here, but the, the part of, I don't know if I could have picked up my stuff and, started this new career in, in consulting in this show and all of that. Um, you know, I, I took the opportunity to write about it, about burnout. That's what I suffered from. I burnt myself out. Um, I placed um, my job, my work way out of the stratosphere and priority wise and, and buried everything else. And it was nobody's fault. Didn't get much help in certain sectors, got a lot of help in other sectors. Um, but once I had my moment, then I got help and I'm getting help today. Um, but I won't lie to you today. I wake up with some anxiety. I, I get it every once in a while, but nowhere near to where I got it before. The biggest thing for me that I want to impart on you is if you are feeling like the walls are caving in. If you are feeling like, you know, it's getting dark, ask for help. Ask for help. Ask. I don't know how many times I have been to events talking to people or hearing about people with similar issues in their lives that say, ask. The hardest thing to do is ask. It absolutely is. But ask. I had a gentleman reach out on social media and say, this really your story really resonates with me. And we started talking back and forth. That's all. If that's what it takes, happy to do that. Um, I will tell you this. The other side of this, 
and, and this is the part where I hope I'm getting better. This is the part where I think we all need to get better. We need to listen. When somebody's coming to us, we need to listen. We need to hear the signs. We need to hear the, the help. They're not going to come and say, I need help. They're going to come and start a conversation with you. But so often our answer to difficult things is we filibuster. You know, oh, this is difficult. I better take up all the oxygen. Again, and I, I used to tweet this out with Bell Let's Talk Day all the time, and I thought I was being funny. No, I didn't think I was being funny. I, I do believe in it. I, did, I believe one of the, the, the skills that we, we lack the most in society is the ability to sit and listen. And people need someone to sit and listen to them. They need to feel like they're being heard. Um, if it wasn't for Mark, if it wasn't for my family, I don't know. I never felt like I was being heard. I felt it was my fault, my problems. I'm creating these. All of these situations that once you entangle them and once you begin to work through it, I think you find out it's not necessarily you, but you're part of something. But we need to listen. And we so two things. We need, we need help. We need to ask for help. And if we get asked for help, we need to listen. It's just a reminder. Uh, I don't plan on getting on here and, and doing a sermon about this every day. You know, I've done it a couple times, but it just seems like a good time. Uh, I know, you know, lots of people have been active on social media and, and pointing to situations in their own life. Um, just for me, this is a big, I can't believe where I am in a year. Am I cured? Nope. Am I better? Yep. Do I still have anxiety and panic attacks? Anxiety, yeah, not many panic attacks anymore. Um, do I have good days and bad days? Absolutely. I don't want anybody to be, I don't want anybody to think there's a magical cure out there. I don't want anybody to think there's a secret elixir out there. I don't want to think any of that. And you got to put a little work into it. But it starts with asking for help. Okay. Just wanted to do that. Um, like I say, for me, it was a, it's a big week. And uh, yeah. Coming up, uh, speaking of being a big week, coming up, a uh, friend of the program, haven't had him on yet, Friday, uh, Peter Labardius will join us. Lou's going to come on. I may not even get a word in edgewise. It might just be all Lou. And that's fine with me. I think that's fine with most people. Uh, we will catch up with him on where, where we can find him, what he's doing, where he is, um, those types of things. Uh, also, coming up uh, a week today, I'm not sure yet. But the 25th, Danny Austin will be in. And then the 28th, Danny Austin will be in for a couple shows anyway. You should be uh, very familiar with Danny by following his show live from 55. Uh, well, we may as well talk about that. You know, it's was, it was a week ago we were talking about all the victories that the local Calgary teams had. Uh, outside of Okotoks, this wasn't a great weekend for Calgary teams. Um, you know, the... Uh, um, the cavalry were up two nil, I believe, in Winnipeg. Fell three two. I mentioned the the uh, uh, the surge falling in the final, uh, but boy, it was a tough one on on Saturday night in BC. Thirty seven nine, the Lions kicked the uh, Stamps. Stamps are really struggling scoring offensive touchdowns right now, um, and I'm not going to make the same mistake that. I think Danny Austin's getting a little frustrated with it. Danny, it's, it's a quarterback league. It's always been a quarterback league. Everybody looks at the quarterback and everybody's looking at Jake Mayer right now. Um, the bigger story for me in the CFL 
is the Eastern dominance. Winnipeg and BC are great. Uh, Montreal and, and Toronto are great. Ottawa is competitive. Hamilton, I think, can be competitive. But, you know, Edmonton blew, what, a 22 nothing lead on Winnipeg at home? Lost their 22nd in a row. Home loss. Pro sports record. Uh, Saskatchewan, blown out Montreal, 41-12. to uh, And like, like I say, Ottawa held Toronto. Toronto can score points, 44-31. to um, but boy, it doesn't, it just, what is Labor Day going to look like this year? I've seen Labor Days with bad teams, but not both teams being bad. And I'm sure I have. I mean, I'm, I just can't remember it off the top of my head, but I remember some of those early, early, um, what would you call it? Um, not early, early. It was early, early in my tenure. Early 2000s with the Federics and Fateri. Those Stampeders teams were terrible, but the Eskimos were still competitive. And then the Eskimos have had some bad teams, and the Stampeders have been. This could be a turtle derby. Like, if you're Edmonton, you're licking at your chops trying to get Calgary in there quick enough, because that might be the solution to you losing at home. And Calgary, you know, you've got to look at Edmonton as beatable, winnable games and go out and, and get something built here as you head into the fall. I mean, who knows who gets on a roll in the end of September, early October. That's going to play a role in all of this. But, you know, it isn't good right now. It is really not very good right now. Um, and just quickly to uh, keep our eyes on Major League Baseball, we will talk some baseball here in a moment. Uh, Toronto hammering the Cubs yesterday, 11-4. They're now 66 and 54. We're in danger of falling out of a wild card spot over the weekend. Um, don't still hold the third and final wild card spot by a game and a half. Um, got a win out of Ryu yesterday and are closer to getting Bichette and Romano back. I think that will help them. Um, but it's half, it's almost like, Tomorrow is halfway through August. There's six weeks left in the Major League Baseball season. Um, you know, the, being the team that everybody's chasing in that final wild card spot isn't the best. You know, now pretty rough, you know, considering where other teams are in the division, it's going to be pretty rough to catch anybody. But you, you want to try and leapfrog somebody, move up a little bit so you're not the team that everybody's trying to catch. Well, we will see. And a little bit of NHL here. Uh, David Krejci announcing his retirement today from the Boston Bruins. Uh, that along with Patrice Bergeron not that long ago. Um, and here we are. Uh, the Bruins now down a couple of big centermen. Uh, ooh, what does that mean? Is that a landing spot for Elias Lindholm? Perhaps. Uh, I guess uh, still no clarity on that situation from the Calgary flames. I know that a lot has been written at flames nation about uh, Hannafin. And now that Eric Carlson is a member of the Pittsburgh penguins, uh, does that increase the value for Hannafin in a trade? Does that decrease the value for Hannafin in a trade? Um, don't know. Don't, don't know. Um, we only know once and when that happens. Um, it's been very, very quiet around the Calgary Flames. Uh, credit Ryan Pike and his staff for at the Nation Network for digging and digging and digging, and they're creating content. Um, certainly a lot of draft prospect talk and, and you know, looking in the rearview mirror and what ifs and could have beens. But right now, it's a quiet time in the NHL. Does that change? Of course it's going to change. Of course it's going to change. We're going to get closer to the regular season. Uh, we're going to find out, I mean, 
you know, Pittsburgh has an injury with one, but you know, main, he may be back at the beginning of the year. Um, guys get hurt training, uh, guys show up disgruntled. There's lots of time for things to happen. Um, these players still have contracts until, uh, the end of next year. There's still the trade de deadline and all of the requisite BS that I can pour out your way. Um, but yes, acknowledging that the Boston Bruins are down a couple of centermen does make the market a little interesting at this point. Um, who knows? Who knows? It's been very quiet around the Calgary Flames for the last little while. Uh, but as I say, three weeks, three, four weeks from training camp, it's coming. It's coming. Summer, I'll tell you what, summer around here, it, it, there are parts of it, it seems like it takes forever. And then the rest of it, once you get into the middle of August, it's all downhill from here, right into Labor Day. I mean, we got kids going back to school this month, right? So uh, on this program are brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. 76 years in Calgary, four locations, which will open up again this month. We will tell you about those. Um, yes, it's beautiful. It's 30 degrees today. It'll be 30 degrees tomorrow and all of that. But winter will come. The slopes will open. The snow will fall and people will head back to the mountains to participate. And if you want Cracker Jack service, if you want Cracker Jack products, then you need to know the name Ski Seller Snowboard, which you already do. And you should already be visiting SkiSellerSnowboard.com. Uh, very pleased to have join us fresh off uh, the victory over the uh, Sylvan Lake Gulls, the general manager of the Okotoks Dogs of the Western Canadian Baseball League. Tyler Hollick is kind enough to join us today. Um, uh, are you all right, Tyler? You look really dark there. You good? You safe? Oh, yeah, we're safe. We're just, uh, the office is a little busy, so I, uh, I pulled up into the concourse, the stadium here. So I, I, Listen, the stadium's, we got to talk about the stadium. We'll do that in a second. It's all good, brother. Congratulations. Um, let's deal with the most immediate first. Uh, tell me about the, the series with Sylvan Lake. I mean, yeah, it, uh, it seems like a regular occurrence now, just meeting them in the West Finals. And um, it was a hard-fought game in, in game one, and, and uh, they jumped out to us early. And um Big, big grand slam in the first inning to answer by Alejandro Cazorla and ended up holding on and taking that momentum into to game two, which we won at their place. So I'm um, super happy to, to be hosting the, the WCBL championship again, uh, game again starting tomorrow night at Seaman Stadium and hopefully bring back championship number seven back to Okotoks. Um, let's talk about that. Championship seven in how many seasons? What season is this? I, I, I'm going to go out on the limb and I'm going to say it's 15. This but is year seventeen and okay. Seventeen, okay. So, yeah, we've okay. Uh, we've won the league uh, the regular season. This is our fourth consecutive year leading the league in wins. Um, yep. We've got forty wins uh, multiple times. Set the league record last year. Came up just short this year. Um, with the COVID year, um, there's a couple of years of layoff in there. Sure. So technically, I think you're in a roundabout way right. Year season fifteen, I guess sixteen. Um, and we, this is our this is the goal for for um, for number seven here. So bear with me because nobody ever wants to answer this question. Okay, you won seven. How many championships have you lost? How oh, many championship series did you lose? I mean, we've been in the playoffs all 17 years, so it's yep. uh, it, you get a lot of opportunity for heartbreak. I mean, obviously, you got to be in it to win it. But, uh, yeah, we've. Uh, I actually don't know the, the amount of times we've been in the finals itself and lost, but in the playoffs every single year and, and haven't been quite able to, to close the door on everyone. But that's, that's baseball, I guess. Yeah, it is. But, boy, I'll tell you, that, that's a lot. And, and that's that, that 
kind of goes from being lucky to season by season to actually legacy tradition and and the way you go about your business. How, how much of that pedigree do you have to impart upon your players? How much of that pedigree do your players just naturally get by being there? I mean, I think some of it has to do with recruiting, but I, I mean, I think it all starts at the top with our like founding and managing director, John Ercandy. I mean, that is what he instills. We, we run two programs parallel to one another with the dogs program. One's the, the dogs youth Academy, which has 130 players in it from ages 12 to 18. And um, you know, the, it's kind of that grassroots idea where, they, they develop and, and go off to college and come back and play in the college summer team here. So, you know, a lot of these players are returning back home mm-hmm. for their sixth or seventh year in, in, in a dog's uniform. And that pedigree, that attitude, that mentality is, is trained in them young. And, and it's something that, that starts at the top with John. So it's not really like they have to flip a light switch on and then flip it yeah. back off in a, in a nothing game. It's, it's training and playing at that championship environment their whole life. So, they can kind of just press play on the day and, and go go play the game as hard as they can. Well, as the general manager, how how daunting is it to have to keep that moving forward? I mean, it's it's the expectation. I mean, I was yeah. I was fortunate enough to to grow up in the academy, and I, I I played here and got opportunity to play college and professionally because of this program, and and got the chance to play for for John's uh, two sons among other you know great coaches here and mm-hmm. that's just what it, that's how we were trained and, and that's it's it's not uh, it's not pressure and it's it's a privilege and an opportunity to be be part of you know the top program in the country and on the college and academy side and um, you know continue to try and build that legacy and, and that tradition has it been replicated? I mean, you and I both know sports well enough to know that if somebody has success, the copycats come out right away. Yeah, I, I mean, often imitated, I guess, not yeah. uh, never duplicated. I, I mean, when you get the combination of what John's vision built here with, with the two programs coinciding with one another directly, you know, the academy feeding into this this idea of, of excellence on and off the field academically and athletically to – you know, the community support of Okotoks and, mm-hmm. and, and just we're averaging over 4,500 people a night in, in little Okotoks, Alberta, Canada. And last year, we were fortunate enough to be third in North America in, in college summer league attendance. And I, I hope to be a little bit higher this year. But the, the community support, um, the tradition of excellence, the, the alumni, the coaches, um, the facilities are just are just top notch. So it, it's it's really tough to emulate. And honestly, we're you know, we're we're trying to continue to, to build on that. And that's John's vision and John's passion, but uh, you know, we're going to continue to push that, that ball forward. You mentioned the R word before. Tell me about recruitment. How, how difficult is recruitment now as opposed to maybe when you started? Yeah, the game has changed. I mean, the landscape of college baseball has changed um, quite a bit, honestly. And, and, you know, guys are getting shut down in college baseball earlier and there's innings limits and you can see in some major league baseball where guys aren't throwing over a hundred pitches. And these are, you know, $30 million a year, you know, professional athletes that are are trained to the nines to do this. And, you know, it kind of trickles down there where college coaches are going to be very conservative with guys on scholarship coming up for the summer and throwing another 80 innings. So it hasn't, it hasn't deterred the product. It's just changed kind of the way we're, we're Mm -hmm. doing things and and what, you know, what we value, what we're looking for. But um, our coaches um, led by um, our intern manager this year, Lou Pote, former major leaguer and and, uh, world series uh, winner. And then Mitch Smith and, Dave Robb, Andy Peterson, Joe Surgeon. I mean, it, it's as good as it gets in college baseball. Played um, and coached collegiately or professionally, and um, you know they they do a, a really good job. It, it is a year round job now. I know you're you're only seeing the dogs for you know May till sure the middle of August, but you know they're starting for next year right now. Our academy graduates are are leaving off to college now, and 
Um, there's guys that were inquiring or hurt this year that want to come back for, for 2024. And it, it is really year round. So are you, are, you know, strange comparison, but are you really, you know, if you were going to compare it to anybody in pro sports, are you, com- would you compare to the green Bay Packers? <laughs> That's my favorite football team. So I hope so. I mean, <laughs> okay. kind of, uh, that, would, that would be a dream. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, there's that Yankees mantra of, of uh, you know, we're blessed with so much here and, and the yeah. tradition and the expectation of winning, but yeah, I, I there is that uniqueness to it, um, that intimate feeling of where you're, you know, you're at Lambeau or you're at Seaman Stadium where, you know, you kind of have to, you know, see it to believe it with how many people right. and you need support and how much they pour their heart and soul into this team. It is it is actually a it's obviously a much smaller scale than Lambo. I don't think we have any Lambo leaps going out there, but it's, no, uh, it is. It's very similar in that regard, for sure. But the, but the comparison I would make is that the NFL is the 800 pound gorilla and it has New York yeah. and it has two in Los Angeles. It has all of that. But here's Green Bay, Wisconsin, still as significant a team as anybody else, right? And to me, here's Okotoks, Alberta, and you just told me last year was third in the league and or third in North American attendance. Yep. Right? Like it it has that feel to me, right? Like we we you can't always be big city, you can't always be big venue. Sometimes community works too. For sure. And and I mean, John started this idea of the dogs from from essentially nothing you wanted to get out of that little league mantra and wanted to get something you know more for youth players and, and more yeah. for the community it did start in calgary and um you know it, it didn't work the way it was intended to or the way it was you know, originally thought of and obviously i was five years old at the time so i just hear these stories from john i'm lucky enough for him um to be to be my boss and my mentor but to just hear the stories of you know, the relationship in Calgary and how hard it was, even with a million people at your fingertips to really buy into that vision. And, oh, and yeah. the idea of the dogs is, is completely different. I mean, this is, this is Okotoks' team, but you know, we, we support fans from you know, Okotoks, you know, Foothills area, greater Calgary, or we got fans coming from Airdrie, you know, Lethbridge, um, everywhere, you know, for a Tuesday night ball game, which is, is so rare just to, to be a part of the atmosphere. And it's, 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 you know, the, the focal point of the, the Foothills during the summer. So, location is important for any team facilities important for any team but baseball is always different baseball is always magic it's always special Siemens Stadium is just to me is a you know a bucket list thing if you've never been there I love coming and watching not a bad seat in the house all of the things that apply right Um, but I understand that today um, the stadium and the team and the club got some recognition some very significant recognition on that regard yeah um Ballpark Digest, so one of the one of America's top uh, online resources for baseball, um, actually did a, a vote, and we were um, voted the number one um, ballpark in college summer baseball in North America. So, um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears by by John and and you know these original vision and and just continually the staff pouring the, their heart and soul into this place. And it is it's really it's a really special day in Okotoks and for Seaman Stadium to be recognized and. I mean, John has a, has a cheeky, funny line, which is true. It's like, you know, they, they're recognizing what we've kind of always known and mm-hmm. kind of always appreciated. And I'm lucky to call this this place work um, and, and my home where I was literally raised at. Um, it changed my life. And it, it, it's a really cool thing to see that happen to so many other kids, so many of their families, so many other experiences in our community. And um, yeah, the, the ballpark is, is world class. I've had the opportunity to play professionally and, and collegiately and um, it is like that minor league, you know, double A level yep. feel where it's just packed and you get the smell of hot dogs and, and people drinking beer and laughing and having a good time in the sun. And it's just, 
the, to get that whole, you know, the, the stadium is so beautiful in itself, but to get the environment of, of a dog's game mixed in with that, it, it's really, really special and something I'm really, really proud of to be a part of. I know we all here are at the dogs and to be, to have Seaman Stadium, the number one ballpark in North America is, is a really, it's a really nice and I think appropriate sounding thing. So, well, congratulations. Um, you, you said it. Be- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I'm not surprised either. I You would have got my vote. Although everybody in their dog keeps saying, oh, you got to go look at Sylvan Lake. You got to go look at Sylvan Lake. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. But Okotoks pretty tough to replicate. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you, in, in a way, you're kind of raising the water level around the league too? I think John's done that from the beginning. With like, I think the dogs have done that in since it was built. It started in 2006, I guess. The original idea of coming from Calgary to Okotoks, and the the, the dogs were elevating themselves above that little league mantra since 1996 with a really good crop of youth players, and went off to college and six ended up playing professionally. And then you know Jim Henderson, I'm going all the way to the big leagues, yeah. playing four years in the big leagues. But um, I think that's always kind of been the idea. And I think when people see the success, see the impact it has on kids' lives. And we, we, we're always in line with what's best for, for kids in the community and, and what's in line with real baseball um, at the professional and high-end collegiate level. And I think when people see the success of that, yeah, yeah, they definitely want to try and emulate that or try and give it in their region or or, or have their own kind of vision or crack at it. And I, I 100% believe it is, is significantly elevated, not only you know, baseball in, in Alberta, but across the country where it, it's a proven, um, you know, identity and it's a, it's a proven idea where, you know, it, it can change a lot of people's lives in a very positive way. So yeah, I do. We, we will get to the, the uh, Western Canadian baseball league final. Don't worry. We will tell people if there's tickets tomorrow that <laughs> we will get to that, but I'm going to take advantage of having a baseball guy on a show. Cause I don't get to do this enough. Um, <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the expansion plans. Uh, I know Saskatoon's coming in with the Berries. I believe there's a, a team coming up at Spruce Grove or, or just outside of Edmonton. Um, wh- how much, how big, uh, you know, what's the your view of the long-term future of this league? 
I think the league is is incredibly underrated um, across the baseball landscape. I, I mean, the, the the baseball itself. I'm I am an associate scout with the Milwaukee Brewers. We have four other professional scouts on staff here, and I, I've been involved in this program every year for the last, in some capacity, player, coach, or, or management for the last 17 years since it started. Um, and I've seen the league grow significantly and and refine and, and continue to to polish up to be again more in line with real baseball, but. Um, you know, the expansion plans of Spruce Grove, those, those, uh, that park with where the prospects are going to play is, is going to be an absolute gem. Um, and have the Edmonton market is going to be, is going to be a really, really good thing for the league and really continue to stabilize things is, um, you know, it is Canada's premier collegiate summer league and it, it's really not, uh, not close. Um, and, you know, I, I want to give credit to Saskatoon for, for that name, I think they got it right. I think everybody wanted the Saskatoon Berries, and everybody got the Saskatoon Berries. So that was that was really nice. And you know, they're they're a phenomenal. Um, just getting to know them a little bit and getting to understand their portfolio with Saskatoon Entertainment Group. It is uh, it's a really impressive um, ownership group, and um, you know, world class. So we're we're excited and and um, feel privileged for them to be joining the league and continue to elevate you know the the standard of, of what the WCBL brings to, to people every night. Well, Tyler, this is your first conversation with me, so I do have to warn you, I do reserve the right to go way out into left field on a couple of occasions. So All I'm right, start, I love it. Bring I'm going to start here right now. Well, you mentioned the Saskatoon Berries. I, I get up every morning and I pray at the altar of Jesse Cole. I think the Savannah Bananas have been a breath of fresh air that sports has needed uh, for a long time, but could only really come from your sport. Could only really come from baseball. How has that team, but how has you know, major league baseball is looking at cutting down teams yet. Here's other opportunities to grow the sport. Where, where is minor league baseball right now? Well, I mean, first on the Savannah, Bananas, I mean, they're like marketing geniuses, right? And it, it's yeah. not, it is a little bit different vision than the dogs where, you know, we actually um, were in line with what the, the Savannah bananas drew last year in terms of attendance. Now their ballpark can only hold so many. So we were, we're favorable that way, but, um, they are more, they want a circus basically with baseball, a baseball game right. happened to be going on in the background. Um, yeah. You know, the vision here is to continue to develop and, and uh, be in line with that, that high end, you know, major league baseball, but minor league baseball is in a, in a weird spot. It's a lot like college baseball. It's in kind of a, a transition point where they're trying to figure out what is needed and, and what makes most economical sense while combating the development piece where you're still getting the best players in the world. Um, to the highest level at Major League Baseball at appropriate times. So I think one thing that's really happened is college baseball has gotten a little bit older. You saw the Major League Baseball go, draft go down from 60-some um, rounds to, to 50 to 40, now 20. Um, they're cutting out, they kind of, I believe, 42 minor league teams. Um, you're starting to see college baseball, um, one, get older and, and expand in its own right, but you're seeing those lower-level minor league opportunities that would have gone to you know a 22nd rounder at a high school or a a junior out of, you know, the university of Georgia. Now he's coming back to college or he's going to college for the first time, a professional level athlete in, in the old sense where mm. now these guys are playing in college baseball and you're starting to see it, you know, reflected in WCBL and, and college summer leagues across, across North America, where the, the level of play has significantly elevated because the, you know, the, the MILB tag has gotten a little bit smaller. So, um, you know, we're, we're definitely reaping the benefits that I know colleges are everywhere and, um, it is tougher to play than it ever has been in the major league game and, and at the professional level, but it, it does leave opportunities other other places for, you know, high-end talent to play college baseball. Who's playing baseball? 
who are who are the kids that are coming up in the system who you know when you came up in the system is it is it fairly representative is it still the same demographic that that's playing baseball um i mean are you talking more grassroots level yeah yeah i mean who are the play where are the players coming from I mean, we do a really good job here in the academy of, of having a really strong base of local kids. So mm-hmm. we run um, uh, youth camps, coaches clinics, and um, all the evaluations for all the South Calgary Little Leagues, um, a few of the North Calgary ones as well, and obviously FMBA, our local, our local association here. Um, we are we keep track of the numbers pretty closely of, of the Little League registrations and, and you know, the youth baseball registrations, and numbers have really, really um, gone up, especially with, you know, the dogs being in, in yep. their region or this, this footprint. Um, it, it's, it's similar in, in scope, you know, it, it's, you know, kids that want to try and pursue the best game in the world at, at some level, whether they're, you know, quitting at 12 years old and doing other things or trying to go all the way to the collegiate or professional level. But um, the numbers in, in itself has grown. Baseball is, is a very appealing sport. It's outside. Um, it, it's, it's every day. It's extremely active. And um, I think, kids are really starting to gravitate to it. And we've seen that reflective in the numbers at the, at the youth level. And then at our, at our level with um, not only the Academy players, but you know, the number of fans that are coming out to enjoy a ball game on a Friday night. I, I wouldn't ask you for the data, but I'm c- kind of curious from an anecdotal standpoint. When I was a young kid, you know, we tended to chase what our father played, right? Well, my father was a hockey player and he played baseball in the summer. So that's what I did. Right. Our, our, our kids, you know, are kids base coming from baseball families? Or are we getting, you know, kids coming into the sport now that are not from traditional baseball families? We get a lot of, I mean, all walks of life. I mean, there's, yeah. there was, um, I don't know if you know about the geeky story, um, but Noah Geeky was an academy grad. He recruited him out of Manitoba. Um, his dad played in the NHL. His older brother, Morgan, just signed with the yep. Boston Bruins. He's been in the NHL for a number of years. Um, and then his little brother Connor Geeky was, uh, I think, the 11th or 12th overall pick in the NHL to the to the goal, or to the Coyotes, um, and that's that's the the middle child in a, a very hockey family mm-hmm. um, choosing baseball because of what you know baseball can offer him as a sport and what the dogs could could do for him at at uh, the high school and college level. So um, you know it's I, we had I think it was four or five years ago, 2018 or 19, we had five WHL draft picks that that were converted to, to playing baseball, went off to play college baseball. So, I mean, it is, it's an appealing sport, it's a growing sport. And um, I think it's just the biggest challenge for us in any baseball organization is just keeping them interested when they're young, because I find if they can stay in it when they're 10, 12 years old, it becomes a lifelong passion. It's not boring for them anymore. Right. Because a little bit more action than um, when they were, you know, a kids can throw strikes or couldn't hit the ball or whatever it may be at the younger level. So I think that's the biggest challenge of, of getting you know, the kids, keeping them interested. And then when they get to that certain age level, I think it really kind of skyrockets from there. So Tyler is a, a major league baseball scout and a baseball guy. Is there going to be a Shohei Atani effect or impact down the road? Um, such, you know, we watched the sport go from guys that were pitching you know, 10, 15 complete games a year. Nobody pitches complete games anymore, you know, and now you've got this complete outlier that's playing two different positions and double headers. Yeah. Are we going to see more of that or is he just, we will. I mean, you won't see another Otani. I don't think um, in terms of the athlete, he's already had a major effect. If you, if you keep track of uh, major league baseball, even college baseball, but um, you know, the last two drafts, there's been a first round selection as a two way player, which has never happened before. Okay. Next year, there's a, there's a kid at the University of Florida, the Caglione kid that that's a two way player. He's up to 99 at left handed pitcher. Um, I think he was first or second in NCAA Division One in home runs. Like 
they're they are trying to do what they're doing. I think they're understanding the evolution of the athlete. Um, I think they're understanding that kids are are more capable of this. And as we're getting, it's it's ironic. It's happening in nowadays because, in my opinion, sports has become more and more specialized. With yeah, you know, you got to play hockey at six days a week and and you know twelve right. months a year and really train at you know power skating or you know uh, defense yep. or whatever baseball. Same thing. You know, we want to make sure you're picking a sport. And it's like, you know, hold on a second. There's these these really good athletes that can that can do more if we don't limit them and allow them to do it. Now, like I said, he's a unicorn. Um, yep. Those, those athletes are getting drafted in the first round by themselves or, or on anybody that's, you know, playing it, even the college level is, is, a, is a very special athlete, but then to be do, doing two, you know, like adversely different parts of the game at a high, high level is, is incredible. But I think, you know, once this, once he kind of broke that barrier and said, Hey, mm-hmm. hold on, it doesn't need to be a pitcher only, or it doesn't need to just be a clunker in the outfield that can just hit. Um, I, it, it is opening up a lot of doors and, and it's, it's inspiring a lot of, you know, not even baseball players, but baseball programs, baseball coaches to say, okay, you know, he's that good of an athlete. Let's see if he can, if he can do both. And, and you're starting to see that for sure. I, I love the answer. I really do. I'm glad I asked the question. I love the answer. Cause I was worried. I'm one of those guys that worries about early specialization. I think, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think there's plenty of examples of being able to play two sports. Now, Hey, when you get to your level, I get that, that that's necessary, but you know, to see an Otani, what he did, he do in Detroit a couple of weeks ago, he pitched and then he hit two home runs in the next, in a a black half. I think it was, and then hit two home runs in games. Like it's just wild. (laughs) It's incredible. I never thought I'd see it. So it's, and baseball, it's exciting when baseball is exciting, right? Like, you know, Vladdy Guerrero is exciting. You want baseball is exciting when it's exciting. Um, Okay. Tell us about the the final. Medi- uh, first of all, Medicine Hat, I'm sure, is a team you've seen. What do you know about them? What kind of matchup do they present for you? Um, I would define them as kind of scrappy. I mean, we saw them early, and I don't think they had quite their whole team um, the way they wanted it to. And and since the second half, it's been impossible to notice. Um, they've been red hot. And um, Moose Shaw was a really, really good team. I thought they were... Um, at the very, very top of the league, and and uh, they ended up getting by them, which was which is a big feat in itself, and kind of slayed that, that juggernaut, so to speak, out of the East. Um, but it's 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 going to be tough. I mean, they're not going to give you anything. They play really good defense. They throw a ton of strikes. They're like a they're like the definition of a of a college baseball team where um, you know they're not going to beat themselves. We have, if we play our game, I, I feel good about where we're at. I think our guys are are playing in a really good. Um, spot and I, I they found kind of that second win for them in in this season where you know they're they're battling with two strikes um guys aren't aren't giving in um on the mound and they're situationally hitting they're, they're doing a lot of things that from a from a high level baseball stance are, are putting them in a really good position to win and we've seen that so um you know we're, we're excited about the challenge and, and it definitely will be that they have a really good team it's going to take everything we got to um to to repeat i guess so our are you healthy? Do you have access to all your players? Is, is there any limitations for you heading into the series? I would love to say um, there's no limitations, but I think at any point in the year in any sport, I mean, everybody's kind of banged up. we got some guys that are, yep. are banged up a little bit. And in, in the era of college summer baseball, you know, kids are reporting in the middle of August, end of August, where they've had to, we've, had, we've lost some guys. And this is, this is true of every, every college yep. summer league. They're heading back to school and having to report for, you know, their sophomore or junior year, whatever it is, um, back to school. So we are down to um, a little bit more of a skeleton crew, the Sandlot crew, we, we call them. But, um, you know, we got we got a lot of talent here and we have we have enough to win it for sure. And um, guys, not only talented enough, but guys have done it before. They, they grew up in this program. They were on the championship team last year. 
Oh, it means something to win in front of these fans because of the support that they they bring us throughout the community. So it's uh, they're definitely not in a rush to get out of here. That's for sure. Awesome. Um, game one is tomorrow in, in your ballpark. What's the yep. format of the championship final? Um, all series in, in the WCBL playoffs are best of three. So okay. tomorrow it's back to back to back days. So home away home. We were fortunate enough to, to win the league. So we have home field advantage throughout. Um, Tuesday night, uh, August 15th at Siemens Stadium, the I can coin this phrase now, the number one ballpark in North America. Yes. That's 705. Right. And then we're at Medicine Hat uh, on the Wednesday at seven. And that can be watched on Home Team Live, our, our streaming network, or our WCBL broadcast network. And if necessary, um, we'll be back Thursday night for game three um, at, uh, at 7.05. So if I want tickets for tomorrow night, are they available or are they all gone? We have single seats available. Um, we have, uh, the berm. So our general mission, it's a, it's the Volkswagen family berm there where you can bring a blanket or, or lawn chairs and sit out there. Kids, kids have a blast on the Hill. Um, there, there are a lot of tickets available there if, if anybody wants to come see. And as well as, uh, you can rent out individual patio tables out at four, four corner, a new, new million dollar expansion out in left field. So it's a, it's a really unique seat. I encourage everybody to do it at least once or if not every game mm-hmm. of the season. And, um, we do have, we do have seats available. So come cheer on your, your hometown dogs and, Hopefully watch this repeat. Uh, it's, you know, I, I go back to early conversations with John and, and Greg and, and this, I mean, I remember when they were playing at Foothills and yeah. to be able to have this conversation with you and to be talking about chasing an eighth title, you know, I did some work with the Calgary surge. Seven, seven this, title. Quest for seven. seven. Yeah, quest, quest for seven. Sorry. You got, see, you won, yeah, you won it's, six. It's supposed to be next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. All right. But I just finished the season with the surge, helping them with the community. And I'm watching a team come into yeah. a, th- that's what you want to set. That's the the tradition you want to be. You want to be the, the the person that the rest of the league chases. And you guys are the example examples of that. I mean, who, who better in Calgary has done that than the dogs? Nobody, nobody. Yeah. I mean, you guys are that you're the, you're the gold standard for excellence in sports. So congratulations on that. Most importantly, congratulate. Well, as importantly, congratulations on being the number one uh, college bill or uh, college league building in in North America. That's that's amazing. Not surprising, but amazing. Appreciate Thank it. you for your time. Best of luck, and hopefully we'll get to do this again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. There you go, General Manager of the Okotoks Dogs, Tyler Hollick. And we broke a little news. Have, Jack, have you been to Seaman Stadium? Yes, I have. It deserves that title. Yes, it does. It's fantastic. It's awesome. It is. I uh, briefly uh, worked in the Northern League with the uh, Calgary Vipers, so I saw a little bit, and, you know, I've been into small stadiums and, and things like that, but Siemens Stadium's beautiful. And and you know what, and I don't want to take anything away from, I've heard Sylvan Lake is awesome. I've heard that uh, uh, Stony Plain, uh, Spruce Grove is going to be awesome, um, and that's what I like. And uh, 4,500 people from Okotoks every game, that's tremendous and i love i i love going i don't go enough um but there's nothing not to like about that place there is nothing not to like about that place of course brought to you by ski seller snowboard ski seller snowboard.com 76 years 76 years in calgary and area and they'll be fired up here right away too um again who has it better than us you've got the bow which is a world-class fly fishing water body on any given weekend, any given weekend, you could have ex-presidents, Hall of Famers in the NFL, and the NBA fly fishing there. 
And then you have the mountains. Now, Edmonton, they've got a mall. It's a great mall, big mall, giant mall, big, big mall. I say that because, yeah, he's smiling. Good. Okay. He heard it. Perfect. <clears throat> Our next guest brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. 76 years in Calgary, four locations, which will be firing up the end of this month. Thank God we got a win. We finally got a win. The man responsible for that win joins us now. Jason Greger uh, from Edmonton, from Oilers Nation, from DFO, uh, co-host and wrangler of Frank Saravelli. But most importantly, the man who is now fought back in this little war that we were losing. Uh, we kept losing radio stations and sports talk stations. But today, big news out of the provincial capital that uh, Sports 1440 will launch uh, and it will launch with this gentleman and his iconic afternoon show as the uh, anchor, but it'll also stream on the nation network. You got us one. You got us a victory. We've been taking it on the chin for the last three or four years, but you got us one. Hey, Robbie, I appreciate that, man. Um, uh, well, you would know uh, my, my introduction to sports radio way back in 2000 uh, uh, involved yourself. And of course uh, the legend, John short and yep. um you know, I, like sports radio is a passion of mine that, uh, you know, really, I, I probably attribute it to listening to John as, yeah. as a young kid and then me and my dad and my brother. And so, um, you know, uh, when the station went down, there's for the, like the last two months, I just so many people in Edmonton come up to me and was like, man, like you guys got to get back on radio. And uh, like, I love podcasts. And I think it's wonderful. But it, so we're able to combine both with mm -hmm. uh, with live radio and you know, I got Kevin Carius to, to, to come from Global, so he's committed, and that's awesome. He'll be our morning show guy. We're going to have a fantasy show with uh, with Connor Halley. Fantasy sports is big, and then Low Tide has been around forever. Yep. So it's, you know, what I'm looking forward to. It's going to be a lot of fun, and, and to team up with with the Nation Network to to have it. So we got radio and digital is, is to me, I, I think it's great. And, and a huge shout-out to Stingray because, obviously, they had the vision. It's kind of like a joint venture three-way, so it's quite nice. So walk us through this, Jason. I mean, I, I use the old Bob Hartley line, you know, when the, the plug was pulled a couple of months ago, it was surprising but not shocking just because of the way the industry has headed. What happened? How did we go from that news to today's news? Well, you know, I guess I, I didn't even know when I started in radio that, you know, you could own your own show. Like, that's what we did with John. And so yeah. I, I've luckily continued that. So. Um, for anybody watching or listening who doesn't know, I I own the airtime. I should say I rented the airtime from from well Standard Radio, and then it was Bell Media the last uh, nine years, and so I kind of have the I, I know the model and and how it can work, and it worked for a dry show for four years, and um, I, I think it's a model that that's very easily transferable to a morning show and midday shows, mm -hmm. and, and then you throw in the digital, and I'm pumped to be live. Uh, you know when we do it on YouTube. Uh, and um, on Facebook as well. So it's really going to be about, it's the community. I'm a big believer. And I know you do a lot in, in your community in Calgary. Sports fans are some of the most giving people. As much as they love their team, yep. they love critiquing it. They love cheering it. But they just love sports. And, and, they, and sports is such a huge part of our life. I think it's more important now than ever for physical activity for kids and just playing the game. I'm not talking pro sports. I'm just talking mm -hmm. sports. And then, you know, obviously yep. to watch the game and, and it, and it unifies us. Like, how many strange people can you go up to and have a conversation with that starts about sports? And they're like, hey, that's a good guy. Or she's a nice lady because of, we have a connection through sports. And I think it was missing in Edmonton. It's a diehard sports city. And uh, I'm excited that, that we're part of it to bring it back.
Yeah, that was that was the thing that shocked me the most that it was Edmonton, right? You know, Vancouver's was shocking, but Edmonton was also shocking because of exactly that. It's communal. It's it's part of the community. It's part. Of, I mean, you can go all the way back. Uh, you know, the old you know CJCA days. I mean, there's been sports, yeah. there's been some variation of of sports talk in in Edmonton for you know decades since 1980 when john well like the first sports talk host i think that's right but that was the first daily there was pieces before that too right you know uh you know brian hall would do afternoons and take calls at every once in a while that sort of thing so there was always a great lineage there um what do you anticipate the nation network's role being in all of this i know they're your digital broadcaster but you know it's kind of the next stage of this isn't it Oh, hundred percent. No, they're, they're, they're just as important. There's, I don't think radio or digital one more important than the other. The, mm. the, the big aspect of a, we're going to use a lot of the talent from there, which is nice. So we'll have some good cross promotion, which is great across the whole nation network, which is, which is fun. Um, also it will be like digital. Hey, I'm doing this from my phone right now. Right. It's amazing yeah. how uh, technology is advanced and people are on their phone lots. And so you're able to stream the show, not only live on YouTube and Facebook, but, to me, Robbie, it's about after the show. When you put clips on, maybe somebody missed something or there was a real good conversation about a certain topic, you can take that clip or reel and now we push it out. And, you know, there, there's over 100,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, there's 85,000 on TikTok. There's 115,000 on Facebook. And then the Twitter accounts between mine and and theirs is, is close to 140,000. So we're really able to to kind of push it. So we're, we're going to be able to market the station and the show's across the network and, and really give sports fans lots of good sports content. Understanding that you are your own operator and you're your own business. And some of this may be sensitive. So please do not feel like you have to, but I'm kind of curious about the relationship with the radio station. As you mentioned before, you've always been a unique case because you owned your own, you bought your own airtime, you owned your own program. Um, is the entire inventory yours uh, at 1440? How does that part work? Uh, no, there's a percentage. Um, obviously, we rent it, so uh, you know we get the larger percentage of it. And uh, Susan Reed, who's the, who's the GM uh, in Edmonton of the Stingray, and then of course Jackie Ray, who's the PD. Well, Susan and I worked together for many years uh, at Bell Media. We get along great. She's awesome, yeah. and and obviously Jackie's a huge sports fan. Like she joked, there's going to be a lot more curling segments on our station now <laughs> with uh, with Jackie Ray being the. Uh, the PD and then Marty Stevens, you know, Marty Stevens. Oh, I know well, Marty really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Marty right. Stevens is sales is the sales manager. Oh, so okay. well, you you're know what? Uh, we, we know, I know all the people there, uh, which is fantastic. It was really cool. Terry Evans, who's, you know, long yep. time. Is one of the few guys who's been around longer than me in the city? And it's awesome. And of course, uh, um, you know, with, with K97 there uh, in the same building, our studios are right side by side now. So that'll be pretty neat. Him and Karis were already juicing each other this morning. Uh, when they had a little staff announcement. So no, that relationship there is great because I have past experience with them. And, uh, and you know, Susan approached me fairly quickly after um, 1260 went down and she just said, hey, what do you think about this? And, and so we just kind of talked and evolved and, and they were very open because I told them, I said, hey, I want to have the digital component with the Nation Network. Obviously, I have a great relationship. Jay and I were partners for years. Yeah. Uh, we're friends. Um, you know, Bag Mel, Tyler, Frank, all those guys, yourself, Rob, like there's so many people, you know, Boomer that I know personally from there. So it's it's kind of great to unify. And, and a lot of times it's, you know, it's about relationships in business and who you know. And luckily, uh, I know kind of all the people involved. So, so I was making light of the fact that Edmonton does have a mall and it's a very nice mall. Are you broadcasting live from the mall now? Yeah, I, I will be on the second so, floor. Thank uh, you. <laughs> 
way. I can go to the pirate ship and then come see you. Oh, right above the Lego store, man. So, Is it right above oh, the Lego yeah. store? Now, Robbie, this will be right up your alley. So yes. I'm already thinking about some of So with the digital component, we yep. can have one of the uh, the digital teammates from uh, the Nation Network. And we're already thinking about, and I've talked to them all, like everybody thinks they're a faster. So we're going to see who's the fastest skater at Sports 1440 amongst listeners. And we're going to have competitions at the mall some days and we can video them. So I'll be watching it live while we do the show and doing play-by-play. -play. We're going to do lots of fun stuff. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. And, and no disrespect to Bell and Rogers, but I guess it is rather disrespectful. There wasn't a lot of ingenuity coming anymore. Right. It, they were just going through the motions. You're different. You're different than most of them because you were your own operator. But you need some of that ingenuity. You need some of that new new thinking, I think, to kind of breathe a little life into the product. Well, that and also, you know, I made it when, when I was building our team out with Connor and Declan and Brandon. I needed some young guys. Rob. Like mm -hmm. John Short gave you and I opportunities. Yep. There's not a lot of places for for younger people to get their foot in the door. And, you know, that's why I opened up a show. The only way you get better in any job is you got to get reps. 100%. And, um, you know, so now that, you know, Connor's going to get more wet reps. Brandon's going to get more reps. Declan's going to get more reps and, uh, you know, a lot of other people. And, and that to me makes it exciting. And, you know, they're, they're going to have different ideas and, um, you know, bring a little youth into it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Where can this go? I mean, now in, in this scenario, uh, you know, and I, there are so many teams that are turning away from traditional radio um, but mostly because I think they're being turned away. I mean, is there any sense that at some point you could be the home of something on that station? Oh, as far as abroad, yeah, you know what? Um, I, I will say this as Susan and, and, and Jackie and them, obviously, like this is a starting point. Obviously, it's going to grow bigger. And, you know, the plan is, to, you know, to incorporate some, some more shows into it. And, and obviously, um, you know, we'll, we'll have simulcasts from, from other, uh, you know, sports stations. So it's going to be sports around the clock, not instantly because there's some contracts that, that have to expire first, but uh, that'll be it. I honestly think, Rob, this is a model that if you combine the radio and the digital that you could look at and, and say, hey, you know what? Like you look at, uh, um, you know, Fan 960 in Calgary. Why not? Why wouldn't they be teamed up? But like you got a good relationship with Boomer. Like to me, there's lots of synergy matters. And, and I think too often people get caught up in not wanting to work together. And working together oh. is going to benefit our audience, I think it's going to benefit our product, and ultimately it's going to benefit our sponsors because they're going to they're going to have more people listening, watching, downloading, viewing the shows. I feel like I'm right in your. I am in with your whole church group here right now. You are singing the hymns <laughs> that I will absolutely sing right back at you. It's collaboration. Yes, it's not institutional. It has to. It's institutionalism no. that is killing media in this country. It's it's this is the way we did it. This is the way we always do it. No, you have to find the new ways. You have to be collaborative. But we all want to be in our little fiefdoms and we all want to be in our little silos and we're all protecting our little bags of gold. That's what it is, Jason. That's what it is, because you're absolutely right. You are 100 percent right. It is the model that will take this format forward. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm lucky and blessed that, uh, you know, the Nation Network and Stingray and, you know, they partnered up with Just a Game Productions. And, you know, we have something that not a lot of places have around the country right now. And, I, and I'm very yep. excited to, you know, obviously, if any in any business venture, there's risk for sure. But I, I, I've seen the template. The Nation Network has proven the digital works. Mm -hmm. I think I've proven for 18 years, um, yep. you know, how to work it on radio. Eight, and obviously Stingray is pretty Jesus, successful. Man. So we You're can do it. You're making me old. 
You were yeah, well, you've been around, around longer than me. <laughs> I know. And I had to, and you were kind enough to give me the name back, which was, yeah, nice no, I, I never got a chance yeah, to thank you publicly. But thank you. You were the OG of that. Uh, although I, to be honest, Robbie, you got to remember, um, I voted strongly for just a game because I knew that you were leaving very briefly. So just a game, JG, Jason Greger, like that's why my, my like I, I was always, have... I, yeah, I was always one. Up, yeah. You were always one up on me. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you have not brought up a Burt reference is just shocking to me. At this it, point. Well, well I, does your audience, do they know about Burt? No. Have you told them? No. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. That's the first thing I did. Jason was come on. Yeah. Let me tell you some embarrassing things. <laughs> that's how we always start. Uh, Burt was Here's like that nickname though. Like it's a good nickname that's that's like timeless. It's right? timeless already. Like I, I hadn't we hadn't texted each other in a while, and when it, you got me a text there, I was like, Bert, how you doing a few yeah. years ago? Oh, I was I dying. I oh, it, I loved it. Because uh, Robbie had voiced a few commercials, and he sounded like Bert from Bernie or Bert and Ernie. God, yeah. I was dying. I just couldn't get over it. So I called him Bert for the longest time. It's one of my favorite. I've come up with a lot of nicknames. You, yeah, oh. you used to leave me notes and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's hey, right. Term, term of endearment, right, Robin? Oh, no, I took it. Never took it as anything different. Never took it as anything <laughs> different. Um, who have you heard from today? I'm kind of curious because uh, it's been interesting watching the social response. But who have you heard from today? Oh man, so so many people. It's it's kind of been amazing. Like I I knew once this announcement would come out, it's um, to, and I don't even know who said the quote. It's not my line, but I think it was Craig McTavish. Who, so it was yeah, it was like drinking uh, water out of a fire hose. And there's, just, there's so many things going on. And you know what? I, I've had uh, people from, uh, you know, all the, the pro teams, uh, um, a lot of the junior teams, uh, the Oil Kings, uh, you know, they're all like, man, we're excited for this. You know, how can we partner up, which is fantastic. For, yep. And, um, you know, then just lots of lots of media people across the country. Um, a lot of listeners, of course. Uh, Edmontonians were really missing sports talk radio. They, they were. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, one about now, obviously, you know, you can watch and listen to shows like yours and stuff, but, you know, local sells first. That's what oh, people in Calgary, that's what they want. That does, of course, they'll listen to interviews about Edmonton and stuff. Great. And vice versa. But ultimately, they care about their teams as they should. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, talk to the converted. And so it's, it's really been overwhelming. Um, you know, I had a, I've had a few, uh, you know, players and, and coaches and, and managers send me texts and stuff. So it's uh, it's awesome. Even my mother, my mother sent me notes. Oh, there. I was worried about that part, but that's nice that she's back talking to you. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, but to me, and I go back to the beginning, this is a win today. That's the most exciting part to me is that I felt like this business has been taking lots of losses. And the fact that you've been able to cobble together a win like this is amazing. And then that's the, you know, Adam, I, you know, I texted you on Friday cause Adam kind of put out the, you know, the tweet that got everybody's attention. And, and, you know, from a business standpoint, I hope a lot of people pay attention collaboration the way that the nation's doing its business right now it's different it's to me it's really exciting and i hope i hope that spins off for you i, I i'm very curious to see what the response is from your former clients and your new clients well i can tell you robbie that the new clients are uh well i've, I've already signed some new clients uh, even before because obviously you know sales doesn't happen overnight so no. i had to keep it hush here for a bit behind the scenes but my existing clients are you know, they're, all, they're, they're like me, they're sports fans. And, and they, they, they heard the void from a lot of their employees and friends and people around the community. And so they're all pretty jazzed up to, to come back. And, and, and a lot of people think, you know, this, because now it's like a collaboration mm -hmm. with, with three different parties here that, you know, there's a chance to do something different and something unique. And, and obviously it's still at the end of the day, when, when, it, when they turn the, the microphone on, it's going to be serious sports talk radio, right? Like it's not going to, I got guys who have lots of experience 
and uh, we've got a boatload of guests and we're we're going to have like a countdown and unveil people that are going to be contributors, whether it's weekly or daily. And, and uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. Is, is, it, is it too early? Is Strudwick early coming back? Uh, Struddy actually is, um, he will be back, not in the exact same role, though. Uh, Struddy is an unbelievable coach. And um, he is, he's, it's something he's super passionate about. And that's what he's wanted to do for a while. And so he will, uh, he's going to be focusing more on, on coach and, and, and not pro coaching. Yeah, he's yeah. really good at developing young so, kids, yeah. like 11, 12, 13, 14, which is, you know what? I think if you want to talk about being innovative, Rob, I think one of the biggest things we have backwards sometimes in hockey is we have all the best coaches only when you mm -hmm. get to U17 and AAA. And I'm like, why shouldn't we have the best coaches with the younger kids to help them at an earlier age develop their skills? They enjoy the game more. They become more passionate. And Strutty, you know what? Uh, he doesn't know how to work the internet, so he probably won't be watching this, thankfully. But honestly... He is an unbelievable coach. And like I've seen him, like he's coached my son in, in, at uh, camps and kids love him. He's so relatable to the kids and he's such a good teacher of the game. So he'll be involved in the show, but just not in the exact same role. That's cool. Um, when does everything get launched? When does everything start? Uh, Tuesday, September 5th, uh, 7 a.m. Uh, Kevin Carius, uh, a.k.a. his nickname, uh, Robbie, you'll like this one. Uh, Dick Malinowski is his uh, nickname. And uh, he can explain to all the viewers okay. uh, when he gets on the air on seven. And he's a, uh, we got a few really good co-hosts are going to be coming on with him uh, every day as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Like I say, um, you know, you built this empire and it was, it was really a shame that it, it, it went away is for brief time anyway, but I'm not surprised at all by today's announcement. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for, you know, like I say, fighting back and the collaboration part's the fun part for me, because I think you're exactly right. And I think it's the future. And I hope that people pay attention to what you're doing. Congratulations, Jason. This is amazing. Stunned silence again. Stunned silence again. All right. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Jason Greger brought to you by Ski Sellers Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. 76 years in Canada, and uh, they have four locations in Calgary, which are going to start opening up here right away. We will let you know when those hap uh, do and what's happening and the deals and everything that you need to know. It's all happening at skisellersnowboard.com. Uh, fantastic news. Exciting for us at the Nation Network. Um, you know, there's lots of reasons to be optimistic. I, I, I the, the challenge is having these conversations honestly with you because it, it sounds like we're pumping our own tires. Um, but we've seen some of the numbers and, you know, the barn burner is an absolute runaway. It's just a juggernaut. Um, and, and across the, the country, there's all kinds of examples of that. It's really starting to to build up and Jason's going to reignite the Edmonton market as it should be. And, and it's good. And, and I know that on last week when Adam Seaborn, who's been a guest on our program before our sports business analyst said, Hey, there's news coming about Alberta. Some people got nervous. Um, we've had a lot of losses. We've lost a lot of stations. Sports talk radio is a passion of mine. Uh, it always has been. Uh, but it's nice. I know it's Edmonton. I know we're not supposed to say nice things about them, but I'm glad they're getting it. It's a passionate market. It needs it. And it, it holds, if that model works, then there will always be a fallback. There'll always be a place, right? That, that to me, I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. We will see. Uh, final uh, mile for you. Uh, Peter Labardius is here on Friday. That Peter Labardius 
He will join us on Friday. Who knows what he's going to talk about? Um, do want to, once again, uh, thank and uh, tip my hat to everybody that uh, followed the Surge, came to a Surge game, commented on the Surge, bought merchandise, were part of the Surge's inaugural first season. Didn't end the way we wanted, um, and that's for sure. But I would hope that uh, it now, you know, quite honestly, let's take a page out of the friggin' Okotoks, Okotoks Dogs playbook. I mean, going for their... Uh, up to, what what did we determine seventh championship i think i got that backwards yeah, seven okay they're going for seven yeah starting tomorrow tickets are still available and that the western canadian baseball league lots of things happening in this city right now uh danny austin's live from 55 i believe the barn burner's back on tomorrow is it a live show or a recording yeah, we'll be live tomorrow at 10 o'clock really is boomer back for that or is boomer he, will not be here he won't be there okay so just Brett, Brett and ryan ryan well, hopefully they have some things to talk about. <laughs> uh, for Jack, I'm Rob. Thanks to all of you. Be careful. Be good to yourselves. And as I said before, if you can listen, if somebody needs to talk, listen to them, will you? We're back on Friday with Peter Labardius here on the Nation Network.